Amen. Good morning, Evangel. How are we this fine, sunny day? It was, uh, it was interesting when Pastor Pauline said that Christmas was just around the corner in the first service, there was a bit of a groan, kind of a, oh, already. But you guys were excited about Christmas. That's fantastic. I know the days are a little bit cooler. I noticed that they're getting a little bit shorter. But yet we're still in summer. We're still enjoying the sunshine. How many are thankful for the sunshine? It beats the rain that we had in July, right? So I'm okay with that. But we still want to uh, enjoy the rest of the summer. Pastor Patty and Jeff are away taking some vacation. Well-deserved break and rest. So pray for them this week as you think of them. And uh, all those that are still holidaying, I saw some new faces. They're back from holidays. Great. We know there's many still out. So pray for them as people are traveling and taking their holidays and uh, finding their way back to their fall program and the way back with us. Today we are finishing uh, our series on wisdom, taken from the book of Proverbs. How many have enjoyed the series so far? It's been fantastic. Some practical teaching, right? Some practical things that we can do and use to, uh, to build who we are and making life decisions and just kind of growing as we go. So uh, if you want to follow the message today, you can follow it through the app. If you have a, an iPad with you or a tablet or a smartphone, you can just go uh, to the um, website. You're, sorry, go to the app. You can click on Scripture. You hit today's notes. You'll have the Scriptures and the notes for today's message. If you want to follow along there, you can do that right on your phone or your tablet. So please feel free to do that. All right. Hashtag wisdom is lit. Right? I think you're supposed to do that with some hand axes, like wisdom is lit, man, or something awesome. I don't know what it is. Something like that. But wisdom is lit. That's what we've been doing. That's totes legit, folks. All right, okay. I know my kids are dying. They're holding their faces back there. They're texting their brother, stop dad. Somebody stop dad. He's trying to be cool. Yeah, their universe just shifted right there. <laughs> But this is what we've been learning. We've been learning about the wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And uh, we want to continue with that today. So here's what we know. We know that uh, from literature in the Bible, we know that from wisdom literature, God speaks to Israel. In ancient Israel, God would speak in basically three different ways. He'd connect or communicate Three different ways. Jeremiah 18, 18 says, We will always have priests to teach us God's laws, as well as wise people to give us advice and prophets to speak the Lord's messages. We have the law, we have prophecy, and we have wisdom. Those are the three ways that God can connect with his people. The law tended to be the kind of the do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that and, and this will get you into trouble and this you got to stay away from. And so there was a bit of a law, a bit of a clear understanding of how to live. Very clear, not up for discussion. Prophecy tended to be kind of warnings uh, specific to a situation. Kind of that turn away from your sin and seek God. The prophets would declare that maybe for a government or a nation or for communities. Kind of a, a, a corporate word that God would speak to the people through the prophet. And that kind of gave guidance on how to live. So you had the law and you had the prophets. And then there was wisdom. And that wisdom would kind of get woven all through the law and all through what the prophets were teaching. It's kind of the everyday stuff. It's kind of how life works 
When there's not a specific law and there was no prophet nearby, well, then there was always wisdom. And you would have to kind of dig in and find wisdom because it wasn't as clear cut as the law or what the prophets would be saying. So our purpose purpose to study Proverbs is to try and have a better understanding of a God-centered wisdom and how to apply that simple wisdom to our lives. And so I have a little bit of an illustration for you today. It's not too complicated. You've probably seen something similar to this before. But this here empty jar is basically mankind, right? This is us. This is you and I. It's all the people that have come in the past and all the people that are yet to come and, and, and mankind for today. So it's humanity. So this is the simple lesson of God's law and prophet. And so God would speak to us through his laws. He would start laying down the law for all of us, right? So you had all the thou shalt not do this and thou shalt not do that. And when you do this, these things happen. And so you have to kind of follow the law and you have to build your life and principles around some of those laws. And so God began to put that foundation into mankind. And then he would take the prophets and the prophets would come along and they would begin to fill up our lives and humanity with some of those prophetic words, you know. So the laws are saying, hey, don't do this, don't do that, thou shalt not kill, don't murder, thou shalt not lie, all that kind of stuff. And then the prophets are coming and saying, hey, somebody go to Nineveh. Who's going to go to Nineveh and prophesy and say these things? If you don't turn your wicked ways, you're going to end up with complete destruction. And so the prophecies would go on and and they would be heralded across the land and mankind would begin to fill up all of those things, all of the prophets and all of the laws of things that were happening. And then Jesus would come along and Jesus would say, okay, we have to follow the law, but let's take it one step further. Let's begin to follow the spirit of the law. The law was a little bit too clear cut and dry and we were kind of misunderstanding things. And so Jesus came and, and he changed a little bit of that by saying, hey, the spirit of the law says, thou shalt not murder murder but jesus says hey don't even hate and so some of those things go into mankind the law says thou shalt not commit adultery and jesus says hey let's take it another step that's average let's take it another step further let's not even think about it right so all of those things get placed into mankind and placed into humanity and when you put all of that together You've got something that might be a little bit loud, maybe a little bit crash, maybe a a little bit cold and calculated, right? Maybe not from God's perspective, but from our perspective as we look at the law, it tends to be a little bit cold maybe, a little bit calculated. And so then wisdom comes along. And wisdom tends to bind all of those things together. It tends to bind the law, tends to bind the, the prophets together. And just the sand that's all around us, right? The, the wisdom that's from other people and the wisdom that comes from the Proverbs and the wisdom from, from mistakes made and poor decisions made and the lessons that we learn, all of that wisdom then begins to settle in and around the law and it settles in around the spirit of the law and it settles in around the prophecies and the, the warnings to stay away from evil and to do good and to love each other and to reveal Jesus, all of those things kind of settle in here and kind of give us a little bit of a foundation for life and solidifies mankind with a good, strong purpose. It kind of ties together all of the wisdom and all of the prophecy and all of the, all of the teachings of God. 
And so that becomes life, the decisions of life and the swarming all around us. The swarming of people and their influence. There's a lot of sand around us, a lot of wisdom. We put it into practice into our own lives. And so we've studied three areas of wisdom, three areas from the Proverbs. We've studied uh, uh, we study the work ethic, right? And so work ethic becomes a little bit of sand. We, we taught you a little bit about what Proverbs say about the work ethic. We've talked a bit about friendships, right? Building good friends and taking care of our friends and speaking well. We talked about words and how words influence. And all that becomes a little bit of wisdom that gets packed into humanity and back, packed into the basics of who we are. And Proverbs has a whole lot more to offer than what we shared with work and friendship and words. There's a whole list of things that you can find in Proverbs that can kind of teach you uh, different areas of your life and, and growth areas. When you read through Proverbs, you're going to find things that we've not talked about yet, like uh, uh, how to deal with contention and strife or correction and reproof or counsel or deception and flattery or lying and perjury or discretion and children and corruption and employees or servants and enemies and neighbors or friends and leaders and marriages and kings and family and parents and all those things are found in proverbs little nuggets of wisdom that kind of help guide you in making decisions and processing life as you go on and so all of those things are also a bit of that wisdom that goes into mankind so today we want to look at something we want to look at decision-making or walking paths of decisions. We want to take a peek at that and what that means and how do we use Proverbs and wisdom to help us understanding the decision process. Sometimes we learn life lessons through bad decisions, right? We kind of alter our course of life based on the lessons we learned when things went wrong and some of the mistakes we've made. And so when we're younger, right, we make a lot of mistakes growing up and life lessons and you're trying to learn how to do good or you're trying to learn how to do the right thing and maybe even as an infant and a child, there's things that you do and somebody's always around to kind of give you a little bit of a life lesson. Our kids, we always tell them, hey, we want to talk to you and they go, oh, is this a life lesson? Okay, here we go. <laughs> well, my mom and my dad, they give us life lessons, right? So I want to teach you some of the life lessons that I had growing up. My mom taught me a little bit about religion, a little bit about prayer. And she'd say this, she'd say, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. That was my lesson about prayer, right? A little bit of religion there. There's a little bit of logic as well, you know, because I said so, that's why. Logic of moms and dads, right? How about irony? Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. How many have heard that one, right? How many have said that? Tell me, you've said those things, that's right. <laughs> a little bit about justice. Mom would teach us about justice. I hope you have kids one day just like you, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, life would be easy if they were like me. No, that's not true. No. How about time travel? This one was from my dad. I'm about to knock you into the middle of next week, right? <laughs> Stamina. You'll sit there and you'll eat all your turnips. How about the circle of life? We all know this one, right? I brought you into this world and I can take you out here's the one I, I hated the worst was the lesson of anticipation I did not like this one at all wait till your father gets home right 
Those are life lessons we learned. I learned most of those by listening to my mom talk to my brother. Truth, right? No. I was off in the corner learning my Sunday school lesson. No, that's not true. Right? But those are life lessons. Lessons that we learn based on mistakes. Now, sure, some of those are just when we're young. We're just kind of finding our way. But even bad things can teach us wisdom. We can learn that there are consequences from poor decisions. And as we make poor decisions and we learn those lessons, we kind of understand maybe the next time we come into that situation, we can make a better decision than we did the last time. So how do we walk the path of good decisions? What are some of the principles that we can put into place into our lives that help us make good decisions, that maybe help us steer away from some of the pitfalls and some of the failures in life? First of all, we build character and integrity. Character and integrity go a long way in helping us make good decisions. I believe that character influences our decision. Our character will influence our decisions. I always tell my kids that character and integrity matter. That who you are when nobody is looking matters. The decisions that you make when you're on your own, they matter. When no one's around to check up on you or no one's around to to, to influence you or nobody's around for you to impress, those decisions that you make speak a lot about who the true character of who you are is. And so the decisions made in private oftentimes speak to who we are. If you're acting one way when no one is looking and another way in public, then you're building a deceptive core to your character. And so the life lesson here is to make good decisions, even in the privacy of your home or quietness when you're all alone, is to learn and discipline yourself to make good decisions, character-building decisions. Character and integrity matter. Character is defined as the moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Integrity is defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. To consistently make good decisions in life, we need to have good character and good integrity. It's the fabric of who we are. The decisions we make when nobody is watching becomes the fabric of who we are. And that lays a foundation for us in in making decisions on a regular basis that will help our life and help other and influence others around us. Proverbs 10.9 says, you will be safe if you always do right. But you will get caught if you are dishonest. Proverbs 4.14 says, Don't follow the bad example of cruel and evil people. Proverbs 4.23 says, Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. This is probably one of the hardest battles that we have, that we face, is to guard our thoughts. To take our thoughts captive and make them obedient unto Christ. It's it's a process of discipline that is extremely difficult to, to control the thought life and the patterns of our mind. Those are the challenges. Proverbs 2, 21 and 22. If you are honest and innocent, you will keep your land. 
If you do wrong and can never be trusted, you'll be rooted out. Character and integrity matter. Building disciplines of character and integrity into our lives creates paths for good decision-making. Build your character. Secondly, put, your, uh, put good people into your life. Everybody has influence. Everybody has influence. Positive or negative, you have influence. Everyone does. There are 7 billion people in the world and everybody has a capacity to influence somebody positively or negatively. As you influence people, so do others influence you. All of us have influence one with another. And when one is maybe down, we have the influence to help and encourage and bring somebody up. And when somebody is struggling in an area or, or, or battling with, with health or, or, or maybe a death in the family, we can be an influence in their life in those times. We can do good and we can love each other. We can reveal Jesus just in our influence. It's important that you become a person of character so that you are influencing people in a positive way. Everybody has influence. We need to build a circle of trust around us that is made up of godly people to counsel our decision process. People that will set examples for us so that we can then become a person that would set examples for others. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, Good people live right. And God blesses the children who follow their example. Live right and follow people that live right. And you can be an influence to those around you to live right. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 says, Don't make friends with anyone who has a bad temper. You might turn out like them and get caught in a trap. You might turn out like them because people are a product of their influences, right? People are a product of their leadership. They're a product of their influence. And so if you build people around you that are influencing you negative, negatively, eventually you will begin to, to float and, and you'll begin to move that way. Uh, for, for years we traveled uh, in evangelism with a ministry uh, predominantly in the U.S. And, and a little bit in Canada. And it was interesting that after years and you begin to process things and you begin to see the influences of churches in their community and, and pastors to their flock and flocks to their pastor and all that kind of stuff, I was able to go in on a Friday night. I would be able to meet the leader for that weekend and I would be able to come back to the motorhome after that meeting and tell Jana exactly how the weekend was going or going to go based on the influence of the person that I met that day. So if I walked in on a Friday to meet the leader of that weekend and they were happy and they were positive and uh, they had uh, good things to say and they were excited about the weekend, usually when the people showed up to do the ministry that weekend, they were of the same personality. They were anticipating greatness. They were, they were positive. They had all kinds of energy. And the same was for, uh, the reverse was the same that if I went in and I met the, the leader of, of that weekend on the Friday and they were negative and critical, typically when I met the rest of the people that weekend, the congregation or that body of believers were, were critical and they were negative. Because the influences that we have around us, they affect us. The people that we have in our lives around us, they affect us. We need to have people in our life that are going to affect us positively. 
with positive change. Proverbs 27 says, good people live right and God blesses the children who follow their example. Live right and follow people that live right. Proverbs 22, 24, 25, don't make friends with anyone who has a bad temper. I read that one, sorry, backtracking here. Proverbs 28, 7, it makes good sense to obey the law. But you disgrace your parents if you make friends with worthless nobodies. <laughs> Try to avoid the worthless nobodies, right? That should kind of go without saying. But it's not always the case, right? How many times have we had our parents or somebody around us say, you know what? You might want to make some new friends. There's some influences here that are negative. Proverbs 5.8 says, stay away from a bad woman. Don't even go near the door of her house. <laughs> That one's kind of self-explanatory, right? I probably don't need to expand on that one. It's kind of all right there. So build good people around you. Put good people into your life. It'll help you make decisions. Number three, seek wisdom. Actively seek and practice wisdom. Discipline yourself to insert the values of wisdom into your life. It's one thing to know about wisdom. It's something entirely different to implement them into your life, to make it a part of your character, a part of your discipline. Seek wisdom. Proverbs 8, 12 to 17 says this, I am wisdom. Common sense is my closest friend. I possess knowledge and sound judgment. If you respect the Lord, you will hate evil. I hate pride and conceit. And deceitful lies. I am strong and I offer sensible advice and sound judgment. By my power, kings govern and rulers make laws that are fair. Every honest leader rules with help from me. I love everyone who loves me and I will be found by all who honestly search. Listen to all the qualities that you receive when wisdom becomes a part of your character. In this passage alone, in chapter 8, there's, there's common sense. We receive common sense when we put wisdom close into our heart. There's knowledge and sound judgment. There's strength. There's sensible advice. There's the influencing of other people. There's good governance for your family or for your business. There's laws that are fair, that's living as a peaceful person. There's honest leadership. That's a character piece, the honest leadership, building character. Continuing in chapter 8 of Proverbs, verses 27 through 30, it says, I was there when the Lord put the heavens in place. This is wisdom speaking. I was there when he put the heavens in place and stretched the sky over the surface of the sea. I was with him when he placed the clouds in the sky and created the springs that fill the ocean. I was there when he set boundaries for the sea to make it obey him. And when he laid foundations to support the earth, I was right beside the Lord, helping him plan and build. I made him happy each day, and I was happy at his side. That's wisdom speaking. Wisdom was there from the foundations of the earth, walking beside the Father, the Creator. I love verse 30. This is wisdom speaking. I was right beside the Lord, helping him plan and build. I made him happy each day, 
and I was happy at his side. Can you see the picture there, the picture of of a child beside the father, a child beside the creator? It's giving us a picture of, of wisdom learning from the creator. And then Proverbs is telling us to put wisdom close to who we are and close to our heart. And so we see the picture of the child with the father and the father creating the universe and creating the world and and showing wisdom how it's done and separating the water from land so that it could obey the creator and wisdom is seeing how it's done. It reminds me of some of my growing up with my dad. My dad was a carpenter and and oftentimes he would work evenings and weekends for extra cash so that, that we could, one, pay the bills, but also be able to do other things and take holidays and, you know, have a cottage and all that kind of stuff. And so we renovated our basement and we built a cottage and we renovated others, other basements and kitchens and cabinets and we did roofing and all kinds of stuff. And so I was learning a little bit about how to use the tools and about character and integrity and all those kinds of things as, as I was working with my dad. And then when I was really young, mom would send us off to work with dad because there was too many kids around and too much craziness going on. And so we would go off down into the basement and work with dad or something or down out in the garage. And when I was little, dad always had a skill saw plugged in and had it close to his side. And so when I started picking up tools I shouldn't or I started getting in the way or I started to slow him down, he just hit that skill saw. And I'd boot up the stairs to mom and slowly I'd filter my way back downstairs kind of helping dad right and as I got older the jobs became far more significant and the responsibilities became far more significant and began to learn a little bit about the trade and learn a bit about the tools I remember when I would invite my friends over to the house just to kind of hang out that always asked me this question, two questions. Is your dad home and are we going to have to work? <laughs> it was just the way I grew up, just the way things were. But I learned not only about the tools, I learned about hard work. I learned about a work ethic. I also learned how to treat people with respect. I learned how not to cheat a client I learned that sometimes when there are mistakes made, they're your mistakes. And you own up to them. You don't charge the client. You pay for that yourself. You don't blame somebody else. Those were life lessons. Lessons that I learned as I wandered with my dad or I I worked with my father. And this is the picture that I see here. I see this child of wisdom learning from the father. And then we are encouraged to learn wisdom, to have wisdom, to go after that. All that God is has been given into that wisdom. And then we receive that for ourselves. It helps us to build our character. It helps us to put people around us with character. And it helps us to influence our decisions. So I encourage you to be beside the teacher, be beside the creator, be close to him. If you want to start a journey of good decisions, then have a healthy fear of God, a healthy understanding of who God is, and don't be afraid to be beside him, to understand what it is to be a person of character, to make decisions with integrity. Proverbs 1.7 says, respect and obey the Lord. This is the beginning of knowledge. To have that healthy respect, that healthy fear 
that obedience to God. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, the best thing about wisdom is wisdom herself. Good sense is more important than anything else. Good common sense is more important when you're making life decisions. So build up your character. Surround yourself with good people and seek wisdom. Sometimes life is made up of all the sand that's around us, right? All the people and all the influences in our day-to-day lives. That's the sand of wisdom that we just keep pouring into mankind, into humanity, into the core of who we are. And finally, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. With all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Always let him lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. The NIV says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your decision making, in all your paths, in all your ways, acknowledge him, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. just a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. We're going to finish our morning with communion and then we're going to sing and worship one more song. But some of us are facing decisions today. We have to make decisions today. Some of us throughout this week, serious decisions about our health, maybe a workplace. Maybe some of us are grieving and there's been death around us and there are decisions to be made. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Put people around you that can help you with those decisions. And when we take communion together, share some of the concerns that you have. Share about some of the decisions that you need to make this week with the people that are here, that are people that are around you, so that they can lift you up and they can be an influence, a positive influence in your life, and they can pray for you where you can find guidance and direction and purpose. So I'm going to ask if those that are going to help with communion, if you just begin to come to the stations. If you're new here, please Feel free to take communion with us. If you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. But we have eight stations set up on the main floor. We have two in the balcony, one down in the cafe. And simply as we have done, for those that are familiar with this process, we just want you to come and grab the emblems here at the tables. Then take them back to your seat and join up with two or three people where you can pray together, where you can encourage each other, where you can share your heart with each other so that we are not only doing good, but we're doing that loving each other part of our our church body. Pray for each other, encourage each other. And then I'll give you some instruction as we, as we go. But don't wait for me to, to lead you in communion. You guys have communion together. You come, take the emblems back to your seat, pray with each other, share the emblems together, remembering the broken body of Christ, the shed blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sin, all that Christ has done for us. Remember that together. And then share your needs and pray for each other. If you need healing in your body, let people know so they can pray for you. We can anoint you with oil and pray with you. Can we do that together? Let's share in communion. I'd just like you to come up out of your seats and just begin to move to a station now. Begin to grab some of the emblems and make your way back to your seat.
Thank you, Lord, for your goodness today. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. Thank you that you created a path for us to have forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Lord. Just continue to find your way to a station. If you're not comfortable praying with others or being in a group, you can be by yourself. That's okay. We don't want to force anybody to have to be a part of a group. You can do this on your own as well, and that's fine. But we'd love for you to connect so there's a bit of a community. So you have your emblems, you're back in your area, just find a few people you can pray with if you're comfortable to do that. okay if you have communion more than once if you want to go with someone else and pray with them as well and pray and uh, share the emblems together building community building relationship it's okay to do that you want healing in your body, feel free to move to one of the stations. The folks there will pray with you, encourage you. You have a special need that maybe you're just not comfortable in sharing, but you want prayer for them. Just tell folks around you or go to one of the stations. Let them know that you have an urgent, urgent prayer request and we'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you, folks. And then we're going to sing a chorus together. Father, we love you. We thank you for your anointing today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you have instructed us and guided us and given us some insight about wisdom and about your Proverbs. Lord, help us to use this stuff on a daily basis to practically build our lives and practically build our character so that we can influence those around us for you. 
for those that are struggling with some serious decisions this week. Father, I pray that you make their path straight today, that as they acknowledge you, as they look to you, as they worship you, Lord, I pray that you would direct their path, that they would know the next step. Lead them, guide them, direct them today. Father, we pray for healing for those that are sick in body today. We pray for a healing. We know that there's finished work at the cross. We know that there's healing for our bodies. By your stripes, we are healed. So, Lord, we look to you for healing today. We look to you to restore our bodies, to make them whole, to make them right those that are battling with sickness in the mind, mental illness, or those things. Father, we pray for clarity. We pray for strength in our minds. We thank you for your healing power today. For those that are looking for employment, those that are needing a job and, and, and help with their finances, Father, we pray that you would find a clear path for them to find good work, to find an answer to their financial needs. Anoint, use us, bless us, equip us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Will you stand with me this morning? Worship team's gonna lead us in a song. Sing it as a song of celebration and thanksgiving for all that God has done for you today. Can we do that together? Amen. You guys are awesome.